Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the glorious Cinema Draft game, just after midnight, Monday night, technically Tuesday morning. Uh, just want to go over some call sheets with you. Oh, and give you a quick review of Logan Lucky. I saw that Sunday afternoon. Why the talent pool is a little late going out this weekend, <clears throat> uh, but thanks for hanging with me. Uh, for the most part, some of the nuts and bolts are done. Wrapping up last week, hand scoring, yay! And I've got a slightly interesting, if not downright exciting, small development <clears throat> that should make the game a little more fun and a little more, a uh, little more transparent for our diehard players. So, <clears throat> before I jump into the call sheets, let's talk about Logan Lucky real quick. That's the new movie from uh, Steven Soderbergh. The guy who brought you Out of Sight, he brought you, God, he brought so many good movies. Out of Sight, um, Traffic, won, I believe you won Oscar for Traffic. That was awesome. And Girlfriend Experience, a lot of really good, smart movies over over his uh, his career. Actually, take a quick stroll through memory lane. I mean, you know, uh, smart, oh, he's from Atlanta. Okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's interesting. Uh, did not know he was from the South. Did not, did not get that. But this totally makes sense. Um, oh yeah, the Ocean's movies. What am I thinking? Duh, the Ocean's movies. Uh, this he's a hold on, he's a producer on that. Let's see, director. Here we go. Actually, very interested to see like what he's okay. So he's doing Mosaic, which I think he's doing for Netflix. That's gonna be interesting. Panama Papers projects. That's gonna be basically exposing all those people who are hiding money. You know, offshore in Panama. That's going to be weird. He he directed all 20 episodes of The Nick, two seasons. It had a glorious two season run. Was in and out. Just I mean, Haywire, Magic Mike, <laughs> the cult classic of Magic Mike. So yeah, really smart dude. Really diverse, interesting uh, uh, film library, uh, film career, including all three Oceans movies, 11, 12, and 13. And he's just, just a really smart guy. And so it was interesting that when he came up with Logan Lucky, and I can't remember exactly the reason why the distributors weren't very excited about it, but they weren't. Uh, he did some sort of weird financing deal, whatever, which gave him like total control, shot it for like 30 million or something, super cheap. And basically, uh, and let's get that's actually back. Basically, uh, Logan, Logan Lucky is as I tweeted in my review, and I thought it was three reels, you know, it was, it was, it was really good. Um, and I guess this movie is what you make of it, you know, this movie, uh, your expectations will play a lot into. In, into what you think of this movie because basically it's set in in West Virginia and in, in Charlotte the Charlotte Motor Speedway is the main is the main set you know these two brothers are uh, teaming up to do like a heist you know uh, to take down you know about 20 million in cash at you know the, the busiest event of the year at the Charlotte Motor Speedway during the event so and to be honest with you it is just as slick and interesting and, and a little bit exciting and with a lot of misdirection, as you can expect from Steven Soderbergh movies, as any uh, as as any Ocean's, you know, movie. Riley Keough, man. Love her. She's in the she's in the TV version, the, the stars version of the Girlfriend Experience, which was incredible. Anyways, I digress. So uh, so Riley Keough plays like the sister who's also an accomplice. Adorable little girl. That's his daughter. He's basically doing it. Uh, Channing Tatum's character is basically doing it because he's trying to to retain custody of his daughter. 
his ex-wife, played by Katie Holmes, is like moving away, and so he's gonna he's trying to get money for a lawyer and or to stay close to her. He recently lost his job. He was uh, laid off on the Nazis. There, and there's Daniel Craig who was watching with his platinum blonde hair and a really good southern accent. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit I would say it's over the top. It's a little bit arch, but it you know it, it works for him. Yeah. I am incarcerated. <laughs> He's having a lot of fun, and I enjoy that. You know, Seth MacFarlane plays a British wanker, uh, uh, wanker of a of owner. Uh, it's just uh, uh, sorry, owner as owner as in like a, a a race a racing team owner. It's like one of his many different properties. Adam Driver plays a one arm. I guess literally a one-armed bandit. He plays. He's a bartender. Uh, lost his limb in Afghanistan, I believe, and so he's got like this prosthetic arm he you know rocks around with. And then Jimmy, aka Channing Tatum, is you know I mean and the, you know these these guys are brothers. He got laid off, um, trying to you know instead of trying to get some work, he decides he's going to screw the man. He's going to get back at at because uh, his job was working at, uh, construction. Uh, uh, underneath, like in a tunnel underneath the Charlotte Motor Speedway, so he's got like all the specs and, and plans for the Charlotte Motor Speedway underneath, and he's figured out how to to rob the you know the big take during the game. So it's it's a it's a heist movie, a little bit of a caper. There's some nice family stuff in there with the little girl and stuff. I mean, and you know, it's just I mean, it's so like I said, it is this is basically a Rorschach test of your expectations of Appalachians or people who hail from Appalachia, you know, like West Virginia, uh, you know, the, the Blue Ridge Mountains, Smoky Mountains, all sorts of stuff. Because um, basically, if you come in underestimating this movie, it will surprise you. Uh, and it basically, you know, and especially in this time of our divided country between North and South and all that good stuff, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people who aren't from that area or that region may have some preconceived notions. And basically this movie is just as slick and stealth. And, and well, I, I think I think I tweeted stealth slick as any oceans movie with, you know, the complexity of the heist and what they're trying to pull off and all the moving pieces. I mean, it basically, they make a joke in the movie that this is, uh, Basically, Ocean's 7-Eleven, <laughs> or or the hillbilly heist they're calling it. But I mean, you know, just because they have an accent, they're from a different part of the country than than some of us might be from. You know, it it basically uh, play, works against your expectations of people who hail from that area of the country. You know, who you know generally well. <laughs> I mean, look at this outfit. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's a lot of misdirection going on in this movie. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's it's a cool poster. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, very slick, very, very cute. You know, and and it's basically just turn your brain off for a couple hours and and, and go with the flow. Yeah, I like the way they they uh, build Daniel Craig as introducing Daniel Craig as Joe Bang, and Joe Bang is his character's name. That's it's 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 a good time in the movies. You know, and I think that its lack of success in the box office, which was sad to see, it only made what seven point six million. On 3,000 screens, not great, even by August standards. It was just that people couldn't get past the marketing, maybe, or maybe they, because I, because I, my expectation going to this movie was that I was afraid they were going to, to be making fun of, of people from that part of the country. So I was kind of, I kind of came in cringing. I mean, Soderbergh's a smart guy. He is a smart, you know, director. So I really shouldn't have expected that out of him. So I was, look, I was concerned that it might go the other way, but it went the right way. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm glad of that. Oh, that's how they did the prosthetic. That's interesting. So, so I'm glad. I'm glad that's how they. Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad how you know he treated the subject. And as it turns out, he's from the south. So I didn't know that about Soderbergh. But yeah, so it, it, it did. You know, they, they played it really well. Um, directed really well. Very smart film that I think is being underestimated. And honestly, I think it's the type of movie that might have a second life on you know on home video or whatever only because people have, i mean because people have gotten past their expectations they will have gotten decent word of mouth and it's a smart movie it stands on its own all right so that's it for logan lucky let's dive into some call sheets okay all right so the feature presentation one this week by the inimitable ring balls Ring Balls 22, back at in the top spot. He did not, however, win the call sheet of the week. That honor goes to Gamble 24/7. And let's talk about his call sheet real quick. So basically, he did. He had a stars and scrub strategy. Five the Hitman's bodyguard actors uh, as as the stars, and then he essentially. Well, I wouldn't say he punted the rest of his call sheet as a strategic punt. He. And I say that because he has two headliners from Step, which did fine, 2.94 uh, points for the, for, the, for the dueling headliners. He had the headliner stack from Ingrid Goes West. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie only because it's performed really well. I saw a trailer for, uh, for uh, Ingrid Goes West before, I believe, what was it, The Big Sick? And I laughed my tail off. I can't wait to see this movie. I hope it, it comes out somewhere near, uh, near Vegas so I can check it out. So, so, uh, so Ingrid goes west. Actually, on a per screen basis, you know, I love my per theater averages, ten thousand two hundred eighty-four per screen. So that's, you know, that, that's pretty hefty. That's uh, pretty hefty per theater average. Look, look at this movie. I'm a little hesitant to add this movie only partially because the title, Gook. Not a nice thing to say, but but also it's it's you know the rollout might be weird, but we'll see how that does. And it might be on the call on in the talent pool next week if it continues to perform. But yeah, ten thousand second for the weekend. It's almost eleven with just over ten thousand per screen. Ingrid goes west. So I liked how how it'd been performing. Uh, so that's actually a pretty strategic move right there by Gamble twenty four x seven. And he won this with a gaffer, mind you. So there's money to be had. There's there's a reason to experiment a little with the different contests with your call sheet strategy because he got this in the gaffer, the twenty dollar gaffer, uh, and and I'm not even sure if he did he place. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even uh, get uh, in the money in the feature presentation, but this call sheet right here in the gaffer won him the $50 bonus because it rolled over from last week when I won the call sheet of the week. But yeah, so so he so he had a headliner stack from Ingrid Goes West, which is smart considering the amount of money he had left. And then he kind of did punt uh, the limited release category. He only had 5400 left. He uh, needed a limited release actor, couldn't afford a headliner uh, from Detroit. Detroit isn't doing much of the box office anymore. Matter of fact, you look at what it did, $600 per screen. That's just terrible. Matter of fact, it's not even the talent pool this week. That's how little faith I have in Detroit this week. So, so yeah, so it was pretty – so it was strategic in the fact that he didn't have much money left over, and the money he saved in doing that 
afforded him the ability to get five Hitman's bodyguards. I'm not sure if I saw another call sheet that had five Hitman's bodyguards. Because every time I did something, even with four Hitman's bodyguard, it just looked terrible for us in my sheet, especially for the limited release category. So, so the lesson to, be, to take from this, kids, is that – and there wasn't a real cut, clear-cut strategy this past weekend because it seemed like all the movies were going to be fairly flat. It didn't seem like there's going to be one dominant movie. Although Hitman's Bodyguard did end up dominating, it was in a fairly casual fashion. Matter of fact, I'm a little surprised it made as much as as it did uh, for the weekend. But I think it made 21 million, but the projections were still pegging like 15, 16 million. I mean, and Annabelle Creation came in second with 15 million, so it wasn't even like it was that uh, a big a, a deal. But it was so hard to peg. What it was going to do, I, I purposely depressed the price, kept it fairly low. So he took advantage of that. That's very smart. Great job at Gamble24x7. Well-deserved. Hit that cash-out button, buddy. All right. So here we go. So Ringball won the feature presentation. Let's take a look at his call sheet. And he had – oh, I'm sorry. So he had – he squeezed in a five-pack. He similarly punted Detroit. And he went with – and he just tried to get in. He, he went with a four-pack Ingrid Goes West. The, the one thing that cost him, and I think he, he was just off of call sheet of the week by less than a point, was the fact that he didn't try to get two headliners here from Step instead of Ingrid Goes West. Ingrid Goes West, if he had – and actually I had pegged, if those of you who had listened to – to the weekend preview pod, I had I had hopes that Ingrid Goes West could do about fifteen thousand per screen. If it had done fifteen thousand per screen on what was it twelve on uh, twenty six screens, that would have been three hundred ninety thousand or three point nine points, or with the forty percent bonus, five point four six points. But if it had done even non headliners at three point nine points, then that's then that's an extra you know two and a half points combined he would have picked up and he could have won the call sheet of the week. So I like this strategy. Didn't quite pan out. Uh, and going and turns out going with the headliner in step with point – oh, my goodness. So I, the headliner in step was worth 2.94 points. So it really was a difference of two, 0.24 points each for a total of less than of 0.48 points. So less than half a point separated this call sheet from the call sheet of the week. 138.75 versus 139.23. Wow, that's amazing. So so yeah, so I like the strategy. He it, this is a very coherent strategy. He went stars and scrubs, but he, you know, took Jay Devlin's advice. He leaned heavily on two films that he felt were going to work. Hitman's Bodyguard five pack and a four pack of Ingrid Goes West. And then punting entirely limited release with Detroit, which is smart. For some reason, I didn't see punting limited releases like an option this week. So that's a very smart move. I like it. Ring balls, well played. And talking about my call sheet real quick, my call sheet was actually only good for fourth, maybe? Uh, yes, fourth. 134.53. Let's take a look at that real quick. I'll let you know what I was thinking. So I diversified a little bit. I went with three Hitman's Bodyguards, um, and then I felt pretty strongly about Wind River. It didn't quite perform as high as I thought it would, but still did pretty well. Uh, 8.34 points for the headliners, Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. Elizabeth was busy this weekend. I also had her headlining, Ingrid Goes West. 
3.78, and also, can I get another Ingrid? I don't think I could have got, I could afford another Ingrid. I had this idea that, that Dunkirk could have squeezed out 10 points for me. It came close, at least headliner-wise. I got 9.25 points. I thought I could possibly pull 10 to 11 points, at, you know, for me. If it did, I would have won Call She of the Week. It did not. So the headliner stack of Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy you know, didn't quite get there for me. 9.25 points each. And then headliner stack of the Glass Castle, which I guess, in retrospect, overestimated. If I had swapped out one of the Glass Castle headliners for Wind River headliner, I could have picked up an extra points change. Still really wouldn't have made the difference between Kalshi the Week, but I just really thought the Glass Castle was going to do a little bit better than it did. I guess I didn't need two of these. I could have gone with just one of them, and then maybe one headliner, and then maybe gone with another Ingrid Goes West, maybe something like that. But what really cost me more points on Dunkirk just didn't work out. So that was my fourth place call sheet. Let's finish up this top five real quick. Excellent. The streak's alive! 19 straight weeks in the money. Congratulations. I don't know how... I mean, can't stop, won't stop. I don't know if he'll ever stop. He's a machine at this point. Making the money every week. Congratulations to Excellent. Keep it going. He had a four-pack of Hitman's Bodyguard and then a three-pack of The Glass Castle with headliner stack of Harrelson and Larson. And then it gets a little weird. Headliner from Atomic Blonde. Okay. It was good for 6.1 points, though. Okay. I did not see that coming. Headliner from War from the Planet of the Apes. Okay. 5.63 points. Did not see that coming. Step headliner, we saw that coming. I actually have a step headliner on most of my other call sheets, just not the feature presentation one. But that was, you know, but War from the Planet of the Apes and Atomic Blonde, I thought were a bit of a reach, but it worked. Second place, 27.50. Well played. Excellent. Let's see, who else? Let's go back to Michael Volante in third place. Surprise, surprise. Officially our third, I think he officially crosses the $1,000 mark. Congratulations, Michael Volante. He has won $1,000 playing a free game. Well played, sir. He has a three-pack of Hitman's Bodyguard. He has a headliner from Annabelle Creation, headliner stack from Wind River, headliner stack from Patty Cakes. And, and yeah, so he almost has a star-studded call sheet, just two off. Oh, I'm sorry, no, he, he has one headliner from Patty Cakes and one non-headliner, Dylan Blue from Patty Cakes, uh, with 200 left over. Pretty strong strategy. Um, I like it, just came up. up I mean, we're talking like, like a point and some change short, so... Well played. Well done, Michael Volante. And rounding out the top five, looks like it's going to be the fromage god, the god of cheese. Le de du fromage. Uh, so he had... Okay, so he had a headliner stack from, from Hitman's Bodyguard, headliner stack from Annabelle Creation. A four-pack from Ingrid Goes West. Okay. And then a headliner stack from Wind River. So I like the general strategy. 
Uh, once again, lo lost a few points when Ingrid goes west, although I liked where his head was at because, I mean, I, I also thought it was going to overperform. Um, so, yeah, it's a very solid strategy. Plays on a lot of the favorites from the top five this week. Um, I think we covered my friend Kiana's call sheet. She guessed on the pod last week. Makes me sad. She was – wow. She was point one. Zero points out of the money. That went to Drew.Zod. Let's take a look at his call sheet since he will be my guest as I tape later Tuesday night on the Cinema Draft Pod. Top five alternate universe films. I have to start Googling some. That sounds kind of out there. But yes, that's where we talk about this evening. So, and this is his first cash. Let's give it up. I don't have my soundboard for the non hour long podcast but yes clap it up for drew.zod he's been playing the game for a few months now congratulations on the cage uh and he has the hitman's bodyguard headliner stack so this is a star-studded call sheet all headliners headliner stack of hitman's bodyguard headliner stack from girls trip uh headliner barack obama from Inconvenient Truth, or sorry, an Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power, Headliner Stack from Dunkirk, Headliner Stack from The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature, and a Headliner from Taxi Driver. Our three Fs, the, our foreign-focused films, are, have been wild cards of late. Uh, Toilet did not even register this week. It kind of hit or miss, but that's what's going to happen when you have a 30, when you have a 30-movie expanded talent pool, so just beware. Uh, so, so the taxi driver actually registering was good. Uh, it was a risk worth taking, looks like. 108.64. The headliner bonus was totally in effect for this entire call sheet. Well played. Well, Way to squeak in there. Drew.Zod. Let's gloss over some of the new entries this week. And also, so a new feature I'm introducing this week. I'm going to have to figure out the best way to make it accessible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it in the newsletter which I'll hopefully get to later on tonight or you'll be getting Tuesday morning. I'm going to make – my tools shall now be your tools. You will all be able to see the spreadsheet in all its horror, the work in progress. This is the spreadsheet I use to create all the salaries and stuff. I tweak it throughout the week, especially the box office report area. Uh, it's not too unlike – when it's all filled out, it looks something more like this where you have all of the all of the estimated screens and release, the change. This is all like really good data, really good data if you're trying to create better call sheets. I just want you guys to be good, to be better. And yes, we see a lot of the same players towards towards the, the top end of the of the contest each week. It doesn't have to be like that. I really do want to get, give you guys all the tools you need to, to, to succeed. So perhaps we have more data, you know, you'll you'll perform even better. How's that for data? Your boy, David Fisdale, down in Memphis. But yeah, so, and you can sort this any way you like. So this is this will be view only for you guys. You guys can't enter or change anything. Sometimes you'll see me working on the call sheet, you know, in real time, you know, seeing values change or things get moved, rearranged. So you can't change, you know, so you can't change the way it's arranged, but if you make a copy, you can sort it however you want. I keep it by default by weeks of release. And then alphabetical, but you can sort it all sorts of ways, which is kind of cool. You can sort it by screens and release. Nope, that doesn't work. Undo that. 
You can sort it by per screen average. Pretty popular one. You know, I love my per screen averages. You can sort it by by points. Which one, which film scored the least points or the most points, you know? And then, and then maybe you can even start doing like some historical data or whatever. I don't know. Maybe when I get an intern, I'll have someone, you know, make this all nice and pretty. Or, at, or at once we get like a support site, like the Roto Grinders, if you will, of uh, why is that not okay? The the Roto Grinders, if you will, of say um. What am, I, what am I looking for here? Of uh, daily fantasy movies, I'm sure they'll put together in a nice, you know, neat package. But anyway, so basically, to say all that to say this, we're giving you more data, more more ways to be successful. So this is last week's. This is also available to you on not see not just call she the week. Go to medium.com at slash cinema draft. That's not a page. On our corporate blog, there you go. Go down to Determine Results, and you can click View Box Office and Scoring Results here, and that'll take you to this page. All right, there we go. Okay, so yeah, so so I'm gonna figure out a way to lead this up for you. This will definitely be in the newsletter that goes out Tuesday morning. So check it out. And get all the data, you know, you know, do, you know, get get what you can. So this is the box office report page. Ignore these colors. I mean, these are this is code for me. I mean, just kind of work around it if you can. I know what it means. Don't necessarily worry about that. They will change throughout the week. Uh, also, and so this is the talent pool. This is, these are actual salaries. And the way I keep it organized is by weeks and release, and then by movie, and then by salary, and then by actor. And so just keep just make, keep in mind that the the green headlight green headlight headlighted highlighted sorry late the green highlighted actors are going to be your headliners so keep that in mind as you scroll through these I will update the box office report fairly religiously throughout the week I will not update the talent pool at as much once I have once I have the salaries locked in I kind of you know set it and forget it it's just a chore to update over 300 entries. See, see this, almost 300 entries. It's it's, it's a little it's a little time consuming. So, I, but definitely look to the box office report for the latest in release types, screen counts, all that good stuff. I update it throughout the week. Okay. So yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna be it. We'll we'll do a deeper dive into some of the values in the talent pool. Uh, just keep in mind we have. I think six new films this week. Oh, this is last week's. Here we go. Six new films this week. One, two, three, four, five, six. Actually, seven. Uh, Leap. It's an animated film. Birth of the Dragon, which is a biopic on Bruce Lee. All Saints. I think it's a religious flick. A Gentleman. Sundar. Sushil. Risky. Looks like an Indian film. The Indian film. Terminator 2, Judgment Day in 3D. That's a reissue of a cult, uh, not even a cult, it's the blockbuster favorite, classic. The Villainous, which it looks like another foreign film. This one looks to be either Korean or Chinese. For our friends over at WellGo USA, only on two screens. You might not need to worry about it. And then also Crown Heights, which opened last week. So seven films, eight films we're actually bringing that are new this week. Crown Heights is interesting. That's, a, that's also a biopic 
performed really well last weekend on only three screens, ten, over 10,000 per screen. So we think it might expand to a few more screens. Let's keep our eye out on that. Let's see, what else? Um, Oop, it's last week's. And, oh, and the only living boy in New York, which says it's going nationwide. I'm not sure what that means. See, figure counts. Nate, oh, that's good. A uh, good time. I'm sorry. Well, I did see. Uh, I did see a a ad on TV saying it's going nationwide this week. Um, I can't tell you uh, how many. I'm just guessing it's going to be limited. So, you know, don't quote me on that. We'll get a better idea as we get later on in the week. All right. So eight new films added to the talent pool. Got rid of some other struggling ones. Like I said, Detroit, nowhere to be found. Um, and what I'm just trying to do is provide you guys more tools. I want to see you all do well. I want to see the competition super sharp towards the top. It already is really good competition. I mean, people winning by less than a whole point always warms my heart to see just the amount of game theory going on in the game. So keep spreading the word. Tell your friends. We need more people. We need more people. Let's get people playing the game. Send them to cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter. You know what to do. Our corporate blog is at medium.com slash at cinemadraft. Subscribe, like, comment, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you get your fine podcasts, Spotify probably too. And between now and the next podcast, why don't you go see a movie or something?